We in. We in. We in. We in. We in. We're in. We in. I'm back. After a while. Ready to go. Where'd you go, dude? I had to go home. Because I don't know. We'll get into it in my shout outs. All right. That's why I'm dressed weird. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. I was going to we'll ask. Get, we'll that. get into it in my we'll shout outs. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, we missed a lot while I was gone, though. Uh-huh. You wouldn't do a lot it. has happened. The world doesn't stand still for people. No, Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it? You want to talk about the movie world or the sports world? Uh, let's talk about the movie world first. Because I feel like I've seen a lot of movies since you've been gone. Yeah. Since I've been gone. I feel like we both. I've been indi- going to the cinema. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we both independently saw movies while I was gone. Mm-hmm. What are some you saw? Okay, so uh, I saw something that you've already seen. Eighth grade. Written Finally. In, written and directed by Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. It's available on uh, Amazon Prime right now. That must uh, be like really new on there. Yeah. It, uh, like, I, I mean, I've been scrolling through a lot of the streaming sites just because, you know, Kate's here and we've been watching a lot of movies and stuff. I am going to predict that that movie gets uh, at least a screenplay nomination at the Oscars. You think it's going to get a screenplay nomination? Original screenplay. I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's possible. I, I don't know if the lead girl will get one. I don't know if Bo Burnham will get one for directing, but I think it will get at least one Oscar nomination. I feel like, so I feel like the feat of his direction in that movie is all is, those kids. is more of an achievement than the the screenplay. Okay, I mean I haven't read the screenplay, yeah. but like it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, and kind of French, like <laughs> like it, it kind of uh, it's not super plotty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just well, no, it's like, a I don't lot know. of situations that normally I don't know when we were to, talking about this, but I know that recently we were talking about the amount of movies that we like that are just like a day in the life of so-and-so mm. like, like an inside Lewin Davis type of movie. Yeah. And this is very much that it's just <clears throat> inside the life of Caleb. Yeah. Ka- Kayla, Ka- Kayla, Kayla. Yeah. Um, one of the names that is the girl version of my name. Uh-huh. Uh, really good. Super very, relatable. Very good. That lead actress. Great. Um, so but it's, awkward, but it's kind of out of the realm of the shit that normally gets made, especially with, Middle Certainly. schools and high schools, right? Because it's kids that are actually of that age mm-hmm. and kids that don't seem like they're actual actors. Well, I think that's something that Bo Burnham was really passionate about was using actual middle school aged kids mm-hmm. in this movie. Because he really, like, the, the thing that he set out to accomplish with this movie was getting across how shitty it is to be a middle schooler. Yeah. That was his, his major goal. And I think he nailed it. But, and there's, but there's like a lot of little shit that I was like, that's really cool. I've never seen that in a movie before. Like just small stuff, like seeing pimples on her face. Yeah. You know, like they, like, they purposefully didn't glam it up. Mm-hmm. And it's, and she like the, the girl isn't like a super mm-hmm. pretty, like she's not, she's an average person. She just looks like an average girl, average middle school girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, even like the, like the hot boy that she's like attracted to, is like a normal looking kid. You know what I mean? He's just a normal, good looking kid. Yeah. They don't like glam him up or anything. I felt like, like he, he looked kind of like um, Ty Sheridan a little bit. Like he'd be Ty Sheridan's younger brother. Ty? Not Ty Simpkins. Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. The one from Ready Player is One. Real. The one from Ready Player yeah, One. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, really like it. Obviously, Bo Burnham's a. Like semi genius. I mean, we love Bo Burnham. Well, I mean, he's our age or a year younger, something like that. He's close to our age. Yeah. Um, 
which freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Strange. Well, um, I mean, he's been. I mean, he got YouTube famous like when he was sixteen in the in the early days of YouTube. Yeah, it was while we were in high school. Yeah, Bo Burnham. Oh no, he's three years old. Well, he's three years older than me, so he's two and two years older than you. Okay. I mean, kind of. He was born in nineteen ninety. Um, anyways, I saw that. I saw a movie called Love. That's love. Uh, That's love. Written and directed. Not the not the Netflix TV show Love. No, starring with, Britta with uh, Gillian Jacobs, right? Or Gillian Jacobs? I think it's Gillian. It's, it's spelled with a G. Not Is a it Jif or Gif? Yeah, true. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I saw Love by Gaspar Noé, who is the foreign? director. Uh, Yes, it's a foreign film, but it's uh, predominantly in English, but it's set in France. And the guy that directed it, uh, Gaspar Noé, uh, makes uh, French films. And I'm I'm not completely sure if he is French, but a majority of his movies are in French. French. Um, With that name. But uh, he has uh, written and directed movies like Irreversible. And Enter the Void. Those were like his two masterpieces that like a lot of people like uh, have, have gained um, uh, positive reviews from guys like even like Martin Scorsese said okay. that like Enter the Void is like nothing that he's ever seen before. Very cool. Um, he's someone that makes really violent and really sexual films. Okay. Uh, is love and that? Yeah. Both of Predominantly those sexual. Well, I mean, Predominantly love, sexual, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, a lot of fucking, whole lot of fucking in the Stroking. movie. Stroking, uh, and it's super mm-hmm. intimate love, like, and super meta too, because the the main character is a filmmaker, and he's constantly talking about how he wants to see like intimate sex scenes in cinema, and how that like there's not while he's in a movie in with film. intimate sex scenes. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. Very French. When you see something that is meta. Is it inherently good or bad to you? It, I mean, it just or does it just depend on execution? It depends on execution. It I feel like on I have this weird like it. when when you say that to me when you're like, oh, it's meta, it's this inside this. I just kind of go, oh, great. I have this weird reaction to it. Whereas if I experienced it naturally, it wouldn't affect me that way. Is that a? It's it's weird. It's a weird reaction to have. Well, it just we, almost feels like pretentious when you have to when you describe it. You know what I mean? When if you're I just like, watched, oh well, it's meta, so obviously it's good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that's never what I mean when yeah. I say something is meta. When I say something that is meta, I mean it's, it's just the same thing as saying. Well, it's the same thing as saying like, oh, it's a movie about an eighth grade girl. Yeah. You know, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's what it is. Mm. There are plenty of examples of uh, things that are meta that are bad. Yeah. A major, like a majority of student films are meta as fuck. Because well, because I feel like that was a trend recently. To make stuff to like make, being meta made you good. Uh, well, let's explain what meta is, right? You there's probably a lot of people. I don't uh, want to. Okay, so when uh, when I explain that something is meta, it's usually self-referential. It's it's and aware of itself. So um, it's like, like if we made a podcast about podcasting. Uh, yeah, that's fairly meta. <laughs> so stupid. Um, no, but like so, like anytime that uh, like uh, some examples of meta product are rick and morty uh that's very meta um parts of community parts of community just dan Harmon in general yeah dan Harmon makes just tends to make really meta things um but in this movie short for something i don't think so just wondering 
I don't think so. Um, but yeah, they're just things that are self-referential and um, like Brooklyn Nine Nine does it a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, good movie though. Love, Love by Gaspar Noe. I recommend it. I think it's it's been on Netflix for a while. Okay. Um, dope. 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 I feel like I've seen something else recently. <gasps> I'm not sure if we should do a spoiler episode on this or not. What? Glass. I don't know if I want to see it. It's a lot of work for me to see it because I haven't seen Split. So, uh, so the like third for movie us to do seen, a spoiler episode on Glass, I'm gonna have to see Split first. So the third movie I that I've seen is uh, Glass, written directed by M Night Shyamalan, and <clears throat> starring Bruce Willis, James McAvoy, Samuel Jackson. That's all that matters. Yeah, those are the main. But what's the girl? Things. Anya Taylor Joy. Good, good pull. Yeah, good pull. She's also in The Witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could not think of her name. I got uh, you, dog. Yeah, so uh, she likes Glass. directing. You know that I saw an article about really? Glass, about how M Night dur- during the process of making, I think it was either Glass or Split. I think it might have been Split. He would have her just like shadow him, hmm. and she, he would like set up shots and stuff, and he'd be like, "Okay, now like, tell me your thoughts on the way we set this scene up, or what would you change, or what am I doing wrong?" Mm-hmm. As a way to like try to help her get into directing. What if the entire time she was like, "Well, first I would fire you," like, like joking around. <laughs> Joking around. On split, though. And people like, like Split. And like M. Night Shyamalan's like, oh, you're, you're so funny. You're, and she's like, you're no. cute. But really. But re- uh, okay, so my thoughts on some some of my thoughts, mm-hmm. I and mean, we can go into more in depth with this because I, I went through a whole spiel last yep. night, like a 30 minute spiel with my girlfriend talking yep. to her about, about Glass and the uh, subsequent qualities uh, of the movie dropping with each subsequent movie. So I okay. love. Unbreakable. We both love Unbreakable. The Unbreakable first movie yep. of this series, the first movie of this series, because it's, it's not even trilogy. Yeah, the surprise trilogy. Because okay, so Unbreakable came out uh, a decade ago. It's yeah, been a very long like that. time since that's come out. But I loved Unbreakable. Yeah, still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Split came out and could have been its completely own. Movie. Dude, Unbreakable came out eighteen years ago. Eighteen years ago. Wow. So almost two decades. Uh, so Split came out, and it could have been a completely separate movie, but it got pigeonholed into being a sequel for Unbreakable. And, I mean, I just – to me, it wasn't really necessary. But now this movie uh, is, you know, both of these movies combined, the characters of each movie is combined. Mm-hmm. Basically, to have Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson get smushed with James McAvoy. And it's crap. It's crap. It's crap movie. Hot take. Um, Not really, though. I mean, okay, so it's like a it's like a lukewarm take. Critics are reviewing it as like it's like in the 30s on Rotten Tomato, yeah. and the audience is saying that it's like 74. percent So, um, if you are uh, if you don't deem yourself a critic, if you feel like you're more of a, a general audience member, um, which is, there, there's no problem with that. There, there's no no, um, um, no issue there. Like you're not inferior because you, like you're you would deem yourself a generic audience member i mean like i kind of there's a lot of times where i wish i was that way mm-hmm. because i could enjoy movies more and i don't like disliking movies but especially when some things like glass come out and uh what's up 
I just I really like when a movie is panned by critics. I like reading the critics' consensus uh-huh. because whoever writes those things can get snarky, real snarky. Yeah. Not on this one. It's kind of boring. Right. Um, I was hoping it would be snarky. Yeah. Uh, there's certain things to enjoy. I'm not. James sure. McAvoy's probably it. good again. I can't recommend it. Dang. Is James McAvoy good again? James McAvoy is good again. If you enjoyed his performance in Split then you will like this movie a little bit for that, but don't, um, there's a modicum of, well, you said it's a lot of his character. So the, the most screen time that you get for one actor is James McAvoy. He is predominantly shown throughout the movie. Um, but you don't get as much of him in this movie as you do in split. Yeah, obviously. Um, what's up with Bruce Willis? Why is that? What's the last good movie Bruce Willis was in? The last good movie that Bruce Willis was in. Um, was it Looper? Yeah. I think it was Looper. And Looper was five plus years ago. Right. What's up with Bruce Willis? Does, yeah, but he doesn't, he's not like Samuel L. Jackson where he can constantly works, right? I don't know. He's I can, not. I can find out. He doesn't make that much. I feel like he makes at least uh, one movie a year. Looper is my, uh, Looper my, is my go-to. Amazing. Looper's incredible. Um, but Looper's my go-to like bar for like how pissed off I can get for the IMDb users because like Looper is a seven point four on IMDb. That's too low. And Glass is a seven point three. Dude, he was in, which is most likely going to drop. He was in four movies last year. Bruce Willis. He was also in uh, Red. A lot of people liked Red. Eh. There's also Red 2, though, and nobody liked that. Nobody liked Red 2? Acts of Violence, Airstrike, no. Reprisal, Death Wish, First Kill, Once Upon a Time in Venice, Split, post credit scene, Marauders, Precious Cargo, Vice, but not the Vice that came out this year, Rock the Casbah, Extraction, The Prince, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, G.I. Joe Retaliation, A Good Day to Die Hard, Red 2, Expendables 2, Lay the Favorite, The Cold Light of Day, Fire with Fire, all since Looper. Looper likes, was made in 2012. He likes action movies. <laughs> and not a lot of them are good. That's true. It happens. That's true. But they probably offered him a shit ton of money. That's also true. Well, his his rate is probably just stupid high. Yeah. Just because he's Bruce Willis. He's like, I was in Die Hard. Pay me. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. Any other, any other stuff you watched while I was gone? Nope. I watched some stuff too. Mostly on planes. I think all on planes. I watched the, the plane is like the the greatest place to watch a movie. Did it's really like good. That? I don't want to. So okay, I don't want to watch something. I could have watched Hereditary today. Didn't want to watch Hereditary on a plane. Why? Just doesn't seem like the environment to watch Hereditary in. Not scary enough. Partially. Yeah. Also, though, like if I do get really spooked, I don't want to freak out the people around well, me. Jokes on you, dude. Hereditary takes entirely on a plane. <laughs> Darn. Mm-hmm. Shucks. No. So instead of watching Hereditary, I watched Bad Times at the El Royale, which I can highly recommend. I really enjoyed it. Um, From the creators of Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Uh, Drew Goddard. Written mm-hmm. and directed by Drew Goddard, which he just, I guess Chris Hemsworth is his boy. Because of Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. That's two movies. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty big cast. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Jeff Bridges. Dakota, what's her face? Not Fanning. Johnson. Fifty Shades Girl. Yeah. I honestly don't really like her that much. No? No. 
I've never seen anything where I was like, she's really good. Isn't she in Twilight? No idea. No, that was Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Which began as, as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. So, I mean, the dots are connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really like Bad Times. It's, a, it's, a very, it's really interesting. I like the premise of it a lot. It's a lot of fun. Chris Hemsworth is really fun in it. I really like Jeff Bridges in it, too. Uh, so I asked you earlier uh, when you told me that you saw this movie. I asked if it was funny. Yeah, and you were kind of like, eh, because it's not. It's a not a comedy now, but like, there are things that are. Is there that can be taken as funny? Are there uh, like undertones of comedy throughout? Not like in the way. Cabin in the Woods. Not in the way that I think you're thinking. Right. Because I think I know what you're thinking of. I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, but um, I think I know what you're th- what you're talking about, sure and it's not that. Like Cabin in the Woods. I don't know how much I will either, Cabin but I, wanna, I still haven't seen it. Your enjoyment of Cabin in the Woods is like directly correlates to how much you, how much horror movies, how much, you've yeah, watched yeah, because it, it plays on the tropes of. And if you movies. don't already like the, that yeah. genre, then you might not catch a lot of the stuff that Cabin in the Woods is uh, referencing. Yeah, but you might also like it more than you would that normal genre because it's subverting it. Exactly. Um, Hit or miss, you'll never know until I see it. Yeah, I want to see Cabin in the Woods. I just haven't. I also I I know that the ending of Cabin in the Woods is really weird or something like that. I don't know what happens, but I know that the ending is weird. Cabin in the Woods is fucking bonkers. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, highly recommend Bad Times at the El Royale. I feel like Drew Goddard is like, if 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 a Drew Goddard movie is coming out, I want to see it. I feel like he has a good track record. He was involved with Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No. Yes, he was a showrunner for season one of Daredevil. Okay. Yes, and then didn't he do? Did he do Deadpool? No. Who did Deadpool? I'm in the show. Drew Goddard. He did The Martian. He did Lost. He's a baller. Yeah, I'm not going to go through all this. Okay. Anyway, Drew Goddard's dope. I also saw Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew's I a did, fun movie. I'm looking Uncle forward Drew's to that Uncle Drew's a fun movie. Um, but once it's streaming, I don't, I'm not even sure if it's streaming yet, but... I don't know. Saw it on the plane. Was it a delight? I feel like that movie would be a delight. I'm not even saying that sarcastically. Uh, I don't know if it was a delight as much as it's just fun. You know, it's just yeah. it's really goofy. Yeah. Um, Reggie Miller is a horrible actor. The sh- the Shack Shack is a better actor than he used to be. Okay. Better than Kazam. So you've seen Kazam when I was younger. Right. Um, and even as a kid, you're like, what you're the like, fuck this is, is horrible. this guy? What is this yeah, guy Yeah, and doing? like I've seen like clips of it like like recently, and it's like, that's real bad shit. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie, Kyrie Kazam. Irving is a way better actor than you expect. Who? Kyrie. Oh, Uncle, Kyrie. Uncle Drew. For some reason, I thought you said Kyler Murray. No, we'll talk about him later. And I was like, though. damn, triple threat. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Kyrie is a much better actor than I expected. Who? David Robinson sells. Is it? I think it's David Robinson. Sells out. He plays a preacher. He goes, he's hold over on, the hold top. On, hold on. David Robinson or Nate Robinson? Nate Robinson's definitely in it. He doesn't have very many lines. David Robinson from the Spurs. Part of hold the Twin on. Towers. Hold on. Play with Tim Duncan. I can't get this wrong. Also was in the Navy. Is that why they called him the Admiral? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, although he was never actually an Admiral. I mean, I don't... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Chris Webber. I don't know why I said David Robinson. <gasps> I mean, you're racist. <laughs> Chris Weber. It's super over the top, but it's a lot of fun. He plays like a preacher. Okay. And he's always a talking like this. 
he's doing that all the time. Like a coming to America, like yeah, kind of. And he's like, like the when you meet him, he's like doing a baptism. He's gonna like dunk a baby, like like straight up, like <laughs> dunk a baby. he's gonna like dunk the baby. Yeah, it's good. So stupid. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, Uncle Drew's a lot of fun. It's silly and like if if you're like I if you're like I'm a I watch film. I right. like cinema. You won't like it, but right. it's it's fun. It's oh, the basketball and scenes there's good? some dope basketball scenes. Okay, good. And Aaron Gordon's in it, so you know. Go magic. I heard that they hired a guy to like do the plays, like to choreograph the plays that had like no basketball fucking experience whatsoever. And everybody on set, like all the NBA players, were like, "Bruh, we're Why professionals. Why would you do that? Yeah, you don't. We need are professionals. To do that. We don't need you. Yeah, dude. Then, they're running. They they're started... running like pick and rolls, and yeah. like there's this, there's literally a part where on the court, uh, Uncle Drew is talking to Shaq's character. Who they just call him Big Man. Mm-hmm. Uncle Drew's talking to Big Man, and he's like talking about what to do in the pick and roll, and Shaq won't listen to him. Mm-hmm. It's funny because like the so part of the plot of the movie is like Shaq is mad at Uncle Drew. Mm. Something they need to resolve. So Uncle Drew's a lot of fun, and I also saw two more movies. While I, was, I, I watched a lot of stuff on the mm-hmm. planes because it's like eighteen hours of flying or something like that. So I also watched Juno for the first time. Loved it. Loved Juno. I'm a big Ellen Page fan. Juno, written by Diablo Co- Cody, oh, directed yeah, we were by this earlier. <clears throat> directed by Jason Reitman, Which who we were we, gonna bring up. Yeah, for sure. Juno, because we were talking about Diablo Cody and what else she had done. Young adult, Tully, Jennifer's Body. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I didn't know. All I knew about Juno is that it was about Ellen Page being pregnant, and then Michael Sarah was in it with her that's all i knew about it and i was i was already like i want to watch that because i really like ellen page and it's just you know it's a fun idea for a movie it's in my wheelhouse of like coming of age kind of stuff but kind of off kilter Mm -hmm. i love that kind of like edge of 17 kind of movies and stuff like that um but i didn't know that like jason bateman and jennifer gardner were in it i didn't know jk simmons was in it any of them like Mm -hmm. i the trailer played on the plane i was like oh i'm watching this and i loved it um I, I kind of thought while I watched it, so like Diablo Cody wrote that movie. How much do you think Ellen Page being Ellen Page played into that character? Like the weirdness of the character and the references that I have no idea what she's talking about because it's like weird indie music that I don't know and weird indie horror movies I don't know about. I don't know how much of that is Ellen Page just bringing things to the character herself. And how much of it was given to her? How much do you know about Ellen Page all outside of the movies that she's been in? I know that she's a big time like civil rights activist, and that she's uh, like an out lesbian, and she's like super passionate about that stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, that's basic. Like, I follow her on Twitter, and that's basically all she ever tweets about. Right. But she doesn't tweet a lot. But like, I feel like my idea of Ellen Page is kind of rooted in what in she's the, in that, the character. She's well, played. especially Juno, because yeah. I mean, that was her coming out party. Like, what was she in? X-Men. She was in X-Men before... I think so. Okay. I think so. Because she was really young when in the first X-Men movie, she, I feel But like. she was... Uh, she was Kitty. Kitty, yeah. Kitty Pride. But that wasn't until, second, like, X-3, a second right? X-Men 2. Okay. Bobby makes the weird little ice sculpture. Wait, is that Rogue? I can't remember. Uh-huh. That's Rogue, I think. Maybe it is not until X-3. So she might have been in Juno first. I might be wrong. Inception was definitely later, though. But there's also more personality in Juno's character. For than sure. Kitty. For sure. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I saw? 
Oh, t- okay. I saw Teen Titans go to the movies. Talk about it. I said this to you in the car ride home from the airport. I've never like simultaneously loved and hated something so much at the same time. Why is that? Because while the movie is very good, the movie is really witty and funny. It has really catchy music. It's a lot of fun. It's silly. But at the same time, it's not what I want it to be. (laughs) It's not Teen Titans, the original Teen Titans show. And then they punch you in the gut with their post credit scene when they show them in the original animation style in this weird, like, maybe they're saying they're trying to reboot the original show. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And I literally, like, felt emotions at that. Like, the post credit scene played, and I was like, oh, my God, I love them so much. Oh, my God. He's like, we're, we think we found a way home. And I was like, come home. Come home. And then, like, I really enjoyed the movie. I had a ton of fun watching it, even though... It's, it's super obviously a, a movie for kids with, with it's like Spongebob it's like for kids with stuff adults will enjoy so the plot it's like super obvious what's happening you know what I mean also also have you ever seen original Teen Titans I, I've seen a few episodes so but I'm not into it as, as do much do you know how Ron Perlman voiced Slade the main villain in but, early seasons of Teen Titans I didn't know that for sure he's fucking amazing Okay. He's so good. It's such a cool storyline. And Ron Perlman is so good in that role. They bring Slade back in this movie, and it's not Ron Perlman, and it made me <coughs> irrationally angry. <coughs> so angry. And he was, like, stupid. He was, like, an idiot. He was like, I'll defeat you with my powers of... Are they all different voices? No. The, the, the main cast is all the same. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, main cast is the exact same. <coughs> that dude, Kari Payton, voices Cyborg in that show... And Aqualad in Young Justice. Hmm. That dude kills it. And also, in the new season of Young Justice, voices Black Lightning as well. I can't tell if that's racist to just give him every black superhero. There's got to be more actors, right? More black voice? You don't even need a black voice actor. Is he you, black? Yes. Yeah, he is. Okay. Yes. He's in uh, Walking Dead now. He's a tiger. I don't watch Walking Dead, but I know that. He has a tiger? Yeah, his character's name is Ezekiel, I think. And he wears like, he's bald in real life, but he wears like gray dreadlock wig and he has a pet tiger. But I don't know anything about Walking Dead. So I can't speak to it past that. But Teen Titans, it's a fun movie. Teen Titans go to the movies. It's a fun movie. It just, it made me miss the old show and it made me mad that when they re- rebooted it that they changed it so much that they made it dumber hmm. but yeah that's all of the stuff I saw you want to talk about trailers yeah there's a lot of stuff coming out that <clears throat> hit the wavelengths yeah what do you want to talk about first the this hypest thing Spider-Man oh, I was about to say there's a debate between two of them Spider-Man okay. and Game of Thrones the thing to be most hyped for that, I think a majority of people I'm riding Game of Thrones. I'm riding so high on Game of Thrones because we just rewatched it right and while I was home I got my parents to start watching it so I, I watched like the first so they've season. never seen it before but they, they tried to watch it once and they couldn't keep up which oh. I feel like I mentioned this to you before and you kind of offhanded it you were like no I told you that I think I can understand why people couldn't get into Game of Thrones because it's hard to follow and you're right. like no if you're paying attention it's easy I don't think that's necessarily true 
because the way that the, that Game of Thrones uh, conveys its information that you need to know is so subtle. They're so subtle about things. They're <clears throat> they're never just expositioning you inf- information because that's not good. They're that's never, not good dialogue. They're never spoon feeding you. Anything. Yeah, never. You but, have to. You have to pull context clues and you have to understand motivations of characters and stuff. But the difference though, like I would say that Game of Thrones is a very easy show to understand as far as the conflicts and what people want. Dude, everyone, my parents couldn't even keep up who's who. That and I can't keep up with who's who. Like, you know at least the main families. I understand like I understand that there's like, It literally took me until I've, like It's also the second time that I've watched yeah, it. Yeah, it literally took me until like the 5th episode to get my dad to understand like the difference between the blondes, the tar- the Targaryen family and the Lannister no family. Like, I, it was like, it's hard to follow. It's hard to get. I feel like if you watch with with uh, uh, subtext, with subtitles, subtitles. Yeah, I feel like that would help people. Yeah, but just because of accents and weird names and stuff. so my, I understand where you're coming from as far as like you're saying like it's hard for people to follow. It's it's hard for me to follow. Yeah. The I've first, never, the I've first never, time you watch I'll the never Game of say, Thrones, for I'll sure. I'll never say that like it's it's like oh like you'll pick up hundred percent of the information. No, I'm saying that in order to enjoy it, you and the threshold for you to follow along in order to enjoy it is very low. That's that's what I. Think. I agree with you long term. I think season one might be the slowest season though. In terms of getting to the meat of things, you know what I mean. Yeah. There's basically like one splash event per episode in season one. Whereas by the time we got to season six, every episode lot. is nothing but splash events. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're riding high on the Game of Thrones kick and right the, okay, now. And the, we so we'll go it. right to Game of Thrones yeah. because... Uh, so the trailer for season eight, is that what it is? Final season of Game of Thrones came I out. I think it's season eight. And it's a very much a teaser trailer. Like, just, Dude, I, I want to talk about that. I have so much respect for them for not making a real trailer. That scene, that's not going to be in the show. That's not a. That's not part of the sh- the, sh- mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, it's just a cool thing. Yeah, like I saw some people online that were like, "Oh man, who made those statues? Where, where's Bran?" I'm like, you realize this isn't part of the story. It's mm-hmm. just symbolic and cool. Yeah, and for those uh, those of you that haven't seen it but are Game of Thrones fans, uh, it, it's basically it's just, just John Sansa visuals. and Arya walking through the crypts of Winterfell, and that they do a typical Game of Thrones trailer thing mm-hmm. where they just use monologues yeah, from, from previous seasons mm-hmm. in their trailer. Um, yeah, but it's basically just them in the what is it's it? The like Crypts it? of Winterfell. The Crypts of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and they're each looking at statues of themselves. They find statue. They they walk past statues of uh, Lyanna Stark and Ed Stark, mm-hmm. uh, Catelyn Stark, and there's um, dialogue from past seasons that mm-hmm. represents the theme of the upcoming season and the character of the statue they're walking past. Mm-hmm. And there's also the feather that comes out of Liana's hand, which I don't know if you caught that, because they they focus on the feather. Robert puts that in the in the very first episode. Robert puts that in the statue's hand because I just watched it. Okay. Robert puts that feather in the hand of the statue because he was in love with Liana. So it's just kind of like callback to the very beginning of the show. And do we know what the feather is? It's just a feather. It's just a feather. I think so. Okay. I don't know if it's. 
symbol. I mean, it might be symbolic of something, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And then they get to the end of the crypt and they they run into statues of themselves, and they're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And they turn around and winter's coming. It's coldness is coming. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I have one I question. Got, I got real hype seeing John and Arya both pull swords next to each other. That got me real hype. I was like, "Oh, let me see that." Okay, so I have this question yeah. for you, right? So it is John, Arya, and Sansa all down there. Yep. Right now, John and Arya are the only two with swords. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you that Sansa does not have a sword? She doesn't know how to fight. No, that's not her character. But she's got. It there already has been said. I'm not arguing this either way. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't really care. I'm just. I find it interesting that she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a choice that she doesn't. Yeah. Right. Um. She's so tall, though. She's so tall. She's so she, tall. She's got reach. Yeah. She's got length. She, she's just gonna length. She's just gonna outbox. Yo, John fucking... Hammond would walk into those crypts and he would draft Sansa. So fucking stupid. <laughs> All right. Um. But it's already been, there's already been a precedent set as far as like everyone needs to learn how to defend themselves once winter comes. Correct? You're talking about physically. Because I think Sansa has learned how to defend herself. Right. I think that's the point of her character is -hmm. how much she's grown, especially in like the last two seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Is how much she's grown up. I'm t- no, I'm talking about specifically learning how to handle a sword and kill in order to Because, like, Sam kill didn't. Upcoming... Sam killed a White Walker, but he stabbed it in the back. He didn't learn how to fight. No, no, no. I'm saying, okay. Okay, sorry. Spoilers for Game of Thrones. We're, yeah, we're not really. <laughs> I didn't mean to spoil anything. This yeah, season. that I just, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there was, uh, like, an argument. Mm-hmm. Or, or like a, a meeting of all of the the houses in the north. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that little girl. Uh, what's yeah. her name? Fucking Anna Marie, Mariana. No, she's Liana. She's named after their aunt. Huh. Liana Mormon. Oh yeah, Liana Mormon. Okay. So. Jorah's uh, niece or something. Yeah. So she was like, "I'm not gonna stand idly by while yeah. I see all of these other." Uh, like and they they made the decision to train everyone to fight. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Right? So like, wouldn't Sansa? Here's the be thing. Training to fight. Maybe, but she's also the boss bitch, so she doesn't have to do everything mm-hmm. that everybody else has to do if she doesn't want. to. And she can also box. So that's whatever. True. She's got length. Uh, we can move on from Game of Thrones. Uh, well, what's your hype level? I need for to- Game of Thrones. I mean, it's probably the most out of anything that's going to be coming out in 2019. Can you think of anything, film or movies, that you're more excited for than Game of Thrones? Not off the top of my head. I don't think I can either. And Avengers Infinity War Part 2 is coming. Or Avengers Endgame is coming out. And Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out. Like, And I still think that I'm mm-hmm. most excited for Game of Thrones. Is uh, is Alex Garland coming out with anything in 2019? Dude, he's directing the entire last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I didn't tell you that? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Yo, what would be you robots do? Game of Thrones? What would you Fuck do yeah. if they announced a Game of Thrones spinoff that's set ten thousand years in the future, created by Alex Garland? I mean, that, would, that would be ridiculous. That'd be so, That'd be fucking so stupid. stupid. Okay. Speaking of hypeness, Spider Man is the other thing we're talking about. Yep. Spider Man: Far From Home trailer came out. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, ideas, theories. What, what was your reaction to it? I'm excited. I really liked. Uh, I really liked Homecoming. Uh, I love Tom Holland. I, 
I'm I find it so bizarre that Jake Gyllenhaal is playing. Was it Mysterio? Yo, can I give you a? Th- okay, let me throw you my my first reaction I had when I saw this. Yes, it's Mysterio, and they did the fishbowl. Bless up, bless up. What do you mean the by fi- the fishbowl? His helmet, fishbowl helmet. Mm-hmm. Mysterio is stupid looking. He is silly, mm-hmm. and they embraced it. They gave him the fishbowl helmet. Mm, yes, <laughs> hell yes. Anyway. My first reaction when I saw the trailer, I was like, it's super obvious, because I know what Mysterio's powers are, that none of those monsters are real. Mysterio is creating those monsters and fighting them to make himself look like a hero. Oh. That is what I think this movie is going to be Yeah, I don't know shit about Mysterio. That's what I think this movie is going to be about. Mysterio is a mystery to me. Yeah. Good one. That's what I I was like, yeah, that's what this is going to be. Like, that's not Sandman, and that's not Hydro Man. That's Mysterio illusions. I saw this theory on the internet, and I was like, yo, that would be crazy. Somebody was like, yo. I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal is too hot to be Mysterio. <laughs> they didn't really say that. They implied it. <laughs> and anyway, their thing was, they think that they are, not only are the monsters projections, but Jake Gyllenhaal is a projection as well. Mm. And he's not even the real Mysterio. Oh. And I was like, oh no, we're going to get Iron Man 3'd. If that's real. I don't want that to be real. I'm cool with just Jake Gyllenhaal being Mysterio. Because mm. something that Marvel has done a great job of, especially going back to homecoming is taking the source material and saying, here's what we're using. We respect it, but we're twisting it. It's Mm -hmm. ours. We're doing our own thing with it. And I think that this movie, Spider-Man far from home is that in a nutshell, it's like, Oh, you love your friendly neighborhood. Spider-Man. You're like our friend Paul and you don't even think Spider-Man should be an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Paul's a freak. Mm-hmm. You're like, Spider-Man should never leave New York. Spider-Man should only wear the classic suit. Nah, dog. We're going off the rails. We're going to Europe. Mm-hmm. You, This is like the weirdest Spider-Man shit you can imagine. I'm into it. But it also hasn't been without criticism too. the twisting of these horses. No, there's always right? going to be people. Especially within Homecoming. There's always going to be people that don't like it, that mm-hmm. are traditionalists and don't want to see the things they love changed. Now, but my argument is the universe, the version of which you love the character Peter Parker mm-hmm. exists in that format. It already exists in. No one wants to make like Watchmen is a very close recreation of the comic visually, Watchmen yes. visually. That's the closest thing I can think of as a direct adapt. No one wants to directly recreate something from page to screen. That's not fun. It's not creatively engaging. It isn't challenging. It's just not conducive to creativeness. You want to take something that you are inspired by and like and enjoy and put your own twist on it. And that's what the MCU is. It is basically Kevin Feige saying the Marvel Universe is really cool, but it's scattered and it's confusing and it's weird. I'm going to just try to tighten it up and modernize it. And the difference between Watchmen specifically and something like Spider-Man is it's like, there's always been those different iterations of Spider-Man, even within its own um, source medium, you could say. Well, because every writer has a different take. Well, yeah, within comic books, because it's not like one person sat down, wrote Spider-Man and the only thing that's ever existed from Spider-Man is coming from Stanley. Spider-Man is different than going all the way to five years ago when Dan Slott was writing Spider-Man. It's, it's every writer is going to have their own take on it Mm -hmm. and some are going to be good and some are going to be bad. Some are going to make his parents spies for some reason, which I think is stupid. Some people might like that. 
Whoever made Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 liked that. They shouldn't have, but they did. That's just my opinion. Man. But yeah, Do they go into that in 2? There's also a deleted scene. You've never seen everything right now. I haven't never seen the deleted scene from Spider-Man One. Amazing, the Amazing Spider-Man. Dude, there's a deleted scene, post-credit scene, where he's at. uh, It's either Uncle Ben or Cap. uh, Spoilers for Amazing Spider-Man. Yo, you're spoiling fucking everything. I don't care. It's either if you haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man by now, get out. Uh, It's been long enough. It's past the stage of spoilerificness. When did it come out? In 2010. Maybe if it's if it's more than five years old, I won't care. If you spoil something more than five years old to me, I'll, I'll be mad, but I'll forgive you. I don't know about that. Yep, especially if it's I pop, don't agree with especially that. Especially that is not especially if it's like a pop culture. That thing. is not TCAX approved. That's okay, the, fine. It's Kyle approved. Solely, yeah. It's Kyle approved. Solely the opinions anyway, of Kyle. Okay, fine. I'll put it. It's uh, everyone knows Uncle Ben dies. Who cares? It's either Uncle okay, Ben's grave or the other person who dies in the movie's grave. He's at mourning, and. I'm going to spoil this, the, the scene because he doesn't... It, it's cut from the movie. His dad shows up. His dad just walks up behind him and is like, oh, hey, Peter. And it's super weird. I was like, this is stupid. That's one of my least favorite things. One of my least favorite... I, I don't know if it's a trope or a crutch or just a storytelling device. When you establish to me that a character is an orphan or... You, an orphan is is basically how they usually do it. And then you go, oh man, I've made three seasons of my TV show and I'm running out of ideas. Or I've written two books and I'm running out of ideas. Or I need to change things up or for whatever reason. Mm. And you go, I'm going to bring back their parents. Mm. I'm out. I'm out. Mm. If you made Harry Potter's parents alive for some reason. I was just about to bring I up would, Harry Potter. I would show. go nuts. I was I was about to, I was about like. Yeah, it's like the most famous orphan character you can think of. Besides maybe like Orphan Annie, because well, it's in her name. I was going to be like, so you don't support the Mirror of Erised? Okay, moving on no, to the next trailer. No, the Mirror of Erised is cool. They're not alive. I, I agree. That was the okay. that was the joke. Okay, sorry. Got slightly triggered. There's no there's no basis in logic. I got slightly triggered. That's why, that's why, that's why it's a joke. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm super excited for Spider-Man. Okay, next trailer follow dots so we went from hypeness to hypeness do you want to go like jake gyllenhaal to jake gyllenhaal yeah <laughs> okay you just watched the velvet what, what buzzsaw this? trailer velvet buds buzzsaw i'm buds, gonna i'm gonna buzzsaw <laughs> velvet butt saw. what's a buzzsaw velvet buzz <laughs> is that the name of the episode velvet buzzsaw velvet buttsaw velvet buttsaw <laughs> okay so this movie is written and directed by dan gilroy the creator the writer and director of nightcrawler starring jake gyllenhaal right which is a dope ass movie yeah, we which we both like nightcrawler is awesome mm-hmm. jake gyllenhaal is amazing in it i think it's one of the best written movies that i've seen in a while it won didn't it win screenplay that year it, i know it was definitely it, it, nominated it was at least nominated yeah. um but it's Every time I talk about Nightcrawler, I'm like, if David Fincher directed that instead of Gone Girl that year, I think it would have been up for a Best Picture. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Um, but I think that there are all, all of its flaws come, in come direction. to me from the direction. Interesting. It's just there's a lot of moments in that movie to me that felt a little bit plastic and a mm-hmm. little bit like the the tones weren't matching okay. up. Um, you know where the flaws don't come in? Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. True. He's amazing. Wasn't he always uh, also uh, I think he was nominated. nominated? I think oh, so. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so I have Velvet There's there's like a there's like a a pillar of people that it's like I'll see anything that they're in. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how like Sam Rockwell is on that list and there's some other people. Jake Gyllenhaal's on that list for me. I'll see any movie Jake Gyllenhaal's in. I any love movie? Jake Gyllenhaal. 
He also isn't in a lot of bad. No, films. he he's very good at picking his films. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so the beginning of the trailer it tricks you, kind of. It hides the fact that it's a horror movie. For yes, half the it does. It yeah. does. It, it has like a. It fucking, makes it look like a weird drama. The trailer where Jake itself. A weirdo. The the trailer itself has like a a dusk till dawn kind of thing in it. Where like literally halfway through, yeah. it's a completely different movie. Yeah. Um, it's like look at this weird trailer, movie where Jake Gyllenhaal is an art critic. In the beginning of the trailer, I'm getting like like nocturnal animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Which feel also has it. Jake Gyllenhaal. Have you seen Not I have not. Animals? Uh, but it, it's very like high class. Yeah. It was fucking directed by Tom Ford. Yeah. So, you know, like it's very uh, steeped in the bougie. Bougie. Yeah. Uh, uh, steeped fucking... in the bouge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Nocturnal buzzsaw? God damn it. What's it called? Velvet buzzsaw. Fucking. Because like you paint on the velvet canvas, but it, it's a buzzsaw because it's a horror movie. Because it kills you. Because it kills you. Okay. Spoilers for the trailer. <laughs> so it turns out to be a horror movie, yeah. and these paintings are killing people. It's cool. It, it's a cool idea. It, so it, visually, it's very easy for that to be really engaging. Yeah. It's pretty. Cinematic. Those monkeys, dude. I'm scared of the monkeys from the trailer. Uh, I'm also. But I have of, a strict no chimp policy. This is so I Dan Gilroy is someone who's written. Mm-hmm. Really well. We already have a precedent that's been set. We have an example from him with Nightcrawler that yep. like he can make a movie that's very to the side, very original mm-hmm. uh, and very interesting and compelling. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of drama in Nightcrawler um, when it could have been really hard to do uh, with his subject matter. Dude, he also wrote Kong Skull Island. Weird. So, which is also good. I like. Kong no, Skull. I really liked it. Yeah, it's just. Weird. Uh, Ble- uh, Lavender Chainsky What was it called? Velvet Buzzsaw Okay Alright Lavender <laughs> Chainsky That sounds like A Harry Potter character <laughs> Chainsky Lavender <laughs> Hufflepuff That's such a Hufflepuff character <laughs> Oh, it's me, Le- it's me, Lavender Chasky. I'm a <laughs> I broke him. Okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh god. Uh, uh, fucking. It looks interesting, but in the hands of uh, someone else, it like. What if David Fincher directed be- it? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not saying that, like, oh, David Fincher should also direct this one. Like, Eric, because Dan Gilroy is not a, a bad director. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I still really like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I'm not, it's not like, oh, well, I wish he wasn't directing Are you basically that, I'm saying not that, that because Dan Gilroy is I'm directing that, it, you like, are holding back a little bit? I'm saying that, like, it's such a bizarre idea that it could end up being, like, fucking maximum overdrive. Okay. Do you know what maximum overdrive is? No, but from your tone, so I figure what's happening. It's the only movie that Stephen King has directed. Oh, because God. Wait, what? Straight garbage it's bad but he also obviously he wrote it i'm just gonna throw this out there just because you're good at writing novels doesn't mean you can direct a movie true that's those are different skills true but it's basically i think it's like literally everything that's like electronic or mechanical has gets a life of its own and tries to kill people so it's transformers the horror movie Uh, yeah i guess (laughs) i've never actually seen it but i know that okay okay (laughs) um 
But yeah, that's the, that's. What I want to see about. Velvet it's buzz, Buzzsaw. It's like it's a like, bizarre high concept idea yeah. that could potentially also, be bad. Good cast: sure. John Malkovich, Tony Collette, Jake Gyllenhaal. Good cast. Yeah, I want to see it. Like I'm interested in the movie from the trailer. Mm-hmm. Do you? Would you say that that trailer gave too much away? Do you think that they should have had a trailer like, like where you don't know that it's a horror movie? I'm fine with the trailer. I just saw people that were like, oh, now, now I know everything that happens. And I was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, because there's a lot of... It's it's such a bizarre idea. You have yeah. to include no, you don't. the fact that paintings are... That's what I'm people, saying. Right? If you just watched a trailer that was just the first half, this weird bougie movie, mm-hmm. I would have been interested. Literally from the first line, I was like, oh, I'm in. Mm-hmm. When Jake Gyllenhaal is like, says some weird line about critique being exhausting. Mm-hmm. But he's like going... He's acting his ass off. I was like, okay, I'll watch this. Hmm. I was like, this is like a weird, bougie movie, and Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be really good in it. Hmm. But, but if it was just that trailer of that movie, like a, a weird art critic's life, would you have been interested? One. Two, would you then be like thrown or upset when that's not what the movie is? You so know what I mean? I probably wouldn't have been interested if it was just like an art critic. Where like, mm, this is unoriginal and he has zero bravery. Like, that's, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that would that would have been whack. I wouldn't have enjoyed that. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't have watched it at first. But the when thing you is, found out, other people would have been like, "Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie. I'm gonna watch yeah. it." And they would have watched and it. And word would and spread. And then word would have spread, and there would have been reviews coming out from people being like, "Yo, this movie takes a fucking left, left turn. turn." Yeah. And these paintings are killing so people. So to you. Whatever. Right, so you could have had a kind of uh, sorry to bother you. That's a good e- example of something that's sort of on the other side, where you have a no whack ass twist. I'm not spoiling anything. I didn't know there was a twist in it. There is. Oh, th- I I've talked to you before about how whack it is, right? Yeah, you told it me it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Sorry about it. I haven't. Spoiled you can tell anything. from the trailer that it's crazy, though. But you can't. You're not going to be able to guess the twist. Okay. She's a boy the whole time. <gasps> Sleepaway Camp. Um, <laughs> no, but. Uh, that's a, a movie that like, you know, potentially maybe I wouldn't have watched it at first, mm-hmm. you know, like, but then I heard from a lot of people like there's a, like something so whack that like, you don't want to talk about yeah. it. When, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, paintings killing people, uh, probably seems like it's a little bit more ingrained into the plot yeah, and something for sure. like that. So who knows? And I also know that Dan Gilroy is such a good writer yeah. that, just because we know that the paintings are killing people, that's not going you don't to know spoil what's our happen. experience. Yeah, we it's still yeah. You don't, you're not, not yeah. going to know what's going to happen. Uh, how much influence does a cast have on you for seeing a movie? I feel like it has more effect on me than you. Um, yeah, I don't. It has a lot. I'm of also on more. Me. Like, if if I one really enjoy an actor and two know that that actor is good at choosing roles, I'll see the movie. Like I'll I I will want to see the movie. Or if it's an up and come, like like sorry to bother you is a really good example. Tessa Thompson picks really good roles. I'm Lakeith Stanfield, up and coming actor. I really like, so I mm-hmm. want to see that movie. Right. No, I I do get excited, but I am more excited when I for the like the auteurs, you know, like the writer directors yeah. that like oh this is their new or film. or That's good like, or good premises premise premises premises is yeah prom, yeah prom, premises or if like the people that. I like, I know like this thing that I'm, yeah. and, and they explain yep. it in a way that's yep. interesting yep. to me, yep. then I might be in, more interested in it. But for the most part, it's always like the creators that have already proved themselves to me. Like, that's why like 
Alex Garland, anytime that he yeah. makes a movie, I'm going to be. Well, that's like when like the whole movies. world is with Christopher Nolan now. It's like you've earned it. You know True. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. We talked about Jason Reitman earlier, so mm-hmm. that'll be our next dot we connect. Gotcha. Jason Reitman was just announced that he is directing Ghostbusters 3. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 3, the sequel to Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, nothing to do with Ghostbusters that came out a couple years ago with the female cast. Yes. There is no uh, confirmation that any of the original people are going to be in it. They just want them to be. They're like, we hope Bill Murray's but in we it. Don't we even... hope Rick Moranis is in it. Okay, we, we also have to chill out here because we don't know that this is Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. On IMDb, this is titled as Untitled oh, really? Ghostbusters. Oh, I thought I saw an article that was like Ghostbusters 3. This is Ghostbusters 3. This is a sequel to Ghostbusters But just because 3. an article says it doesn't make it true. On IMDb, it says Untitled but Ghostbusters But it, like J- it was from Jason Reitman. Like a quote from Jason Reitman. It was a quote from I'm Jason Reitman? Almost positive. Okay. But we need to be careful here because okay. we don't, we're not sure that it's Ghostbusters 3. On IMDb, it says Untitled Ghostbusters yep, yep, Project. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh... What do you think of the trailer? The trailer? The teaser. Okay, I, I so I feel like I don't have a really like uh, sentimental connection to Ghostbusters. I don't really care about it, to be honest. I think I saw Ghostbusters once when I was a kid. Okay. I wasn't up in arms when the Ghostbusters came out a One couple and years two. ago. Right. I don't know if I've ever seen Ghostbusters 2. Really? I don't know. Huh. I couldn't tell you what happens. Hmm. Um... There's ooze. Oh. Yeah. Are there ghosts? Is Bill Murray there? How'd you know? Uh, but like our, our, our friends, we have some friends that really love Ghostbusters. I've seen, I've seen Ghostbusters one and two dozens of times. Um, Um, so like this, I just think the, I just think I'm more into the idea of like Bill Murray being in stuff with his old friends more than anything else. I'm like, heck yeah, dude, Bill Murray. Um, I'd go back and watch the original two before this came out. But like, I just, I, I think it's cool. I, I think it's fun. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It just seems kind of like member berries. It could uh, be, it could be member. And, berries. And, and, and we also just, we don't know anything about it. Like we have literally what are you talking about dude, the, the cars, teaser, the cars in it. The teaser is, you know, like an establishing shot of a barn, like an old barn. Yep. And some like you start bolts. hearing some like that, that ambiance music yep. that uh, you have from Ghostbusters. And it's like a, like a slow zoom into the barn. And like, there's like this uh, flapping tarp and it unveils the, uh, the bus, the bus mobile. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, the ghost car. Uh, I like the fact that Ivan Reitman is a part of it because his dad was the one that directed Jason it. Reitman. Jason Reitman. His dad, Ivan, directed Ghostbusters. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's Ghostbusters too. Uh, yes. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Um, I I, I still haven't seen the female so, cast uh, Ghostbusters. Like, what makes Ghostbusters the thing, the the sword that people want to die on? Why are so many people so angry about Ghostbusters 2016 or whatever year that was mm-hmm. and so excited about the empty box that is this? Mm-hmm. You literally know nothing about this movie. Mm-hmm. You know who's directing it and that there's a car in it. Uh, I think why that, is uh, Ghostbusters so beloved? Why is it so beloved? Yeah. 
because it was just crazy fun. Why is why is Back to the Future blood? It's like okay, okay, I, I, okay, but, that's okay. That's interesting because oh, I'm not saying that they're the same <clears throat> movie whatsoever, but they yeah. love it in the same ways. Okay, um, they are just wholly original movies yeah. that were they're eight, super it's, fun. I feel like it's an '80s thing, right? Very a lot of movies in the '80s were like they were really fun original ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the thing that one of the things at least that separates this is the the fact that Jason Reit- Ivan Reitman is involved with this one. His son. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean, you could ask the same question about the remaking of an American Werewolf in London with Max Landis. I've never seen American Werewolf in London, so I don't. It's good. Yeah. Good. Cool. It's got. It has the the sentiment that a lot of uh, werewolf movies lack. Ooh, I like that. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Does it have the tomfoolery of uh, Teen Wolf? Uh, no. Because Teen say, Wolf. Teen Wolf's a fun movie. Significantly less Tom Fuller. <laughs> okay. Um, I think there's, what, one more movie on this list here? Let me look. One more movie, one more TV show. But you don't, I don't know if you've seen it. You've never, have you seen any John Wick movie? Yeah, I've seen one. You haven't have seen John Wick 2 yet? I have not seen 2. Okay. John Wick is fucking awesome. Okay. You've, you have seen 2. I've seen both of them, yeah. I love the John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. Um... The John Wick 3 trailer came out. John Wick 3, Parabellum. Parabellum. Which, that means after a civil war or before a civil war? That's the... It's something to do with a civil war. Yeah. Which... Because, like, when Lady Antebellum came out, I remember someone saying that to me. That's... Well, anti means after, right? Uh, oh, no. I'm really dumb. No, we're, we're both stupid. Parabellum means a type of semi-automatic pistol or machine gun. Hmm, makes sense. <laughs> we're dumb. Uh, we're st- John Wick one's dope. We're stupid. Your John Wick one is so dope. John Wick two, doper. Yeah, so you like Dude. two more than you like one. Okay, here's my thing about John Wick. <clears throat> John Wick is one of the best pure action franchises films of recent history in terms of the action. Mm-hmm. The action in the John Wick films is off the charts good, and you can tell how much work they put into it through stunt coordination, through directing, through Keanu Reeves's um, dedication to it. Have you seen that dude run gun courses in real life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That dude is obsessed with being great at this. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. That, you can feel that come through in these movies. And on top of that, I don't know what it is about Keanu Reeves where he is able to make you really buy into such blandness. You know what I mean? He has so much depth to his flatness. It's hard to explain. Well, I mean, I feel like I've talked about this a little bit before about like your locus of identity and how you're able to extend that. Yeah. Easier. Onto a, onto onto a blank a, slate. That's okay. why like Keanu Reeves is the prototypical actor to put in something like the matrix. Yeah. You know, in a huge temple. Everyone series. can make themselves feel like Neo. Exactly. Everyone can you, feel like John like, Wick. You don't want Daniel Day-Lewis in that role yeah. because people are gonna, aren't going to be like, oh, that's me. They're going to be Daniel like, Day-Lewis. oh, that's Daniel Day-Lewis doing... A, or even a worse, that's Neo and no one else can be Neo because Daniel Day-Lewis is playing. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, but my the, the thing that I think... So being a great action movie is one thing because like Mission Impossible Fallout is also an awesome action movie. 
the most recent Fast and Furious movies are really fun action movies with cool set pieces and fun action. Over-the-top action, yes, but still really well done and fun. The thing that makes John Wick greater than, to me, is the world building. The subtle world building of John Wick is so cool. Mm-hmm. The w- It does the Game of Thrones thing. They don't spoon-feed you the information. They don't explain why things are done the way they are. They just happen in the way that a great fantasy novel is written, right. in the way that a great mm-hmm. sci-fi novel is written. You don't explain everything. It's just there because the world is rich and the world is thought out and fleshed out. And that is what John Wick is. And it's really done well. And so I'll go a completely different way with it um, because I do completely agree with you. I also think that another reason why it's so good is specifically the action scenes. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of very clean action that you see in a majority that you see in a majority of action movies, right? When you see a guy walking through a hall and he's shooting people, head headshotting people. Right. And it's very clean. And you know, there's these clean punches and everyone's Mm -hmm. punching. Mm -hmm. Right. John will, John wick will have the best versions of that while also having specific parts in their fight scenes where they go like daredevil. Where they'll go, where they go down and dirty and and exhausted and visceral and like it's just like pain. But another one, awkward. Okay, yeah, okay, true. So, so yeah, like, like when he has to throw the gun when he runs out of bullets and stuff like that. Yeah, so when like he has to throw a gun or like specifically in John Wick one because I because I haven't seen two. Mm-hmm. Right? But in in John Wick one, there's a part where he has to stab a guy. Yeah, and he's putting all of his body weight into trying to stab this guy, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not the this shit. <laughs> For those of you listening, Chris just reenacted the scene in like 95% of action movies where the knife arm is stabbing towards our hero and he grabs the wrist to stop it. Uh, okay, so I was talking about the awkwardness of John Wick and how it can have these like really clean action sequences or where uh, John Wick is doing everything that he wants to do really mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. And then there's other parts where he has to struggle. Where he's being an efficient killer versus where he has resistance to what he's trying to get done. Yeah, exactly. Like, like where you have to struggle through things. And that's something that happens in real fights. Yeah. And happens just when you are in a contest. Well, it's like, yeah, any form of, like, trying to physically overcome another human, is there's going to be resistance. And awkwardness. Yeah. Awkwardness. Like there's just weird shit that happens that's like, oh, okay, like this isn't, it's not entertaining in the way that like a clean action sequence is, but it's still compelling because Mm -hmm. it seems real. Yeah. Um, And enough of that can make it seem really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, along with that, I feel like John Wick also accomplishes with its writing uh, how dangerous John Wick is even you know when he's struggling to stab someone in the chest by the way the world reacts to him not exactly. just the way he reacts to the world yeah, yeah. um boogeyman uh yeah Boogaloo. boogaloo John Wick too electric boogaloo you know his uh his uh other nickname was no uh lavender butt crack what is it velvet buds you said butt saw you said butt saw. <laughs> Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know who's really good in John Wick 2? Uh, who? Common. Oh, Common. Common's dope in John Wick 2. You know who's not? Ruby Rose. Oh, she's not good. No, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan of Ruby Rose? No. 
Uh, I've seen a little bit of uh, Orange is the New Black, and it seems like she was all right in that. But. She's Batwoman now on the CW. Cool. Not really. No, it's not. Well, I, I, the idea of Batwoman being on the CW is cool. Like, I mean, like, make a Batwoman show. That's that's tight. But. Is that already out? She, they were she was in the crossover event this year, so like next season they'll make a Batwoman show. But I think they're doing like a twelve episodes, something like that. I feel like I haven't seen enough of Ruby Rose to really have a. No. I've seen John Wick too. So, gotcha. All right, one more thing, one more show. But you haven't seen it yet. No. Punisher. Mm. John Bernthal's Punisher season two on Netflix. <clears throat> Sadly, probably the last season of it because Netflix is canceling all their Marvel stuff. Um, but we were talking about like the visceral action and like the really like kind of embracing the violence a bit. And if you've seen if you've seen Daredevil season two, you've seen John Bernthal in action and it is brutal. Mm-hmm. The dude is hardcore primal yelling. I think in every episode, at least one time he goes, <laughs> at least once I had someone come up to me while, while I was still on the ship and, uh, they were like, Oh, I saw a really cool, uh, Punisher scene. Uh, and they said it was from the Punisher. I guess it was like a short film, but it was like, uh, you know, a, a bunch of guys were wearing white and they were, it was like in a prison <laughs> and it was I super it was violent. And, and they were like, it was, uh, it was so violent. And I was like, dude, that's daredevil. Yeah. Like fucking watch that. Yeah, shit. And he was like, wait, that's the Netflix. Yeah. Dude. And I was like, yeah, dude, watch it. Watch that shit. <laughs> you know, th- actually talking about Punisher makes me, uh, remember, I think it was, Last week, maybe we. I haven't been here for so long. We haven't done an episode, and so mm-hmm. I can't keep track of time. I saw a comment from the creator of Punisher talking about how mad he gets when he sees police officers or military members use the Punisher logo, like on their cars and or put them on like their stuff, and right. how how against the the what the point of Punisher is how Punisher represents like the flaws of the system and mm-hmm. Punisher isn't a good guy. That's not the point of Punisher. Yeah. Punisher is like what happens when everything goes wrong. And Punisher is like the prime example of an anti-hero, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the, the same thing when, you know, fucking people have, uh, like posters of Scarface and fucking projections of Scarface like 24 seven on mm. their fucking, uh, it, people un- weird misunderstand within, yeah. uh, what the movie is actually about and instead just attach themselves He's to so a character, cool. attach themselves to the coolness of a character, which it is. Well, it's just like the idea of being a badass, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, that guy's a badass. I want to be a badass yeah. without thinking about the subtext of something. Which, I mean, it, I just thought it was really interesting that the dude, like, he basically came out and he, like, condemned, like, any, like, authority figure who embraces the Punisher as a role model. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You shouldn't do that. That's not, that's not how you should be uh, thinking in, in your position. Isn't, hasn't there, like, also been a lot of, like, alt-right supporters of they probably Punisher. probably yeah i saw an article about it about like john bernthal being like well fuck them yeah yeah that did happen yeah <laughs> that did happen well it was a thing i think it was like a gun rights thing where people were like uh something about like the punisher uses guns and john bernthal was like you don't get it dog you don't get it 
but yeah, I think that's all the film and television things from when I was gone. Uh, you want to talk some sporties? Yeah. Right, it's I'm a nice transition. I'm going to throw one football thing at you, and then we're going to talk about basketball because there's a bunch of basketball stuff. Okay. Kyler Murray declared for the draft. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. It is interesting. So he was he's already been drafted by the Athletics. Yes, the Oakland A's drafted him last year with mm-hmm. the I want to say seventh overall pick in the draft. Yeah, he was a top ten. Yeah, right? he was a top ten pick. They they guaranteed him a fourth. How point. many rounds are there in the MLB? A lot. Pick? Oh, there's a, a lot. lot. Really? Yeah, because baseball's weird. Because then they just get everyone goes to the farm system. No one goes straight to their team. Mm-hmm. So this is why this gets weird. They guaranteed him a $4.2 million signing bonus. Got it. He got that money. He has that money. He's probably spent some of it. <clears throat> Maybe not, though, because, you know, all them fucking college people were giving him money, too. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I just assume at this point that they're all getting paid anyway. Okay. Um, so he's got that $4.2 million. In the contract, it says if he wants to play football instead, he can. He just has to pay back the $4.2 million, which he will get in his signing bonus with his NFL contract. Or just come out of that. Um, he went to them like two days before the deadline to declare. He basically took his time to do his research, talk to people, and be like, hey, <clears throat> when do you think I'll get drafted? How high? And he basically got back. They're like, you'll be a first-round pick this year right. because this is a crappy quarterback class. There's only one dude who's like a legit first-round guy, and it's Dwayne Haskins. And even him is like – yeah, He's, he's a guy a, from Clemson, right? Ohio State. No, the dude, the Clemson guy's a freshman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Freshman. Ohio State. Um, Dwayne Haskins is like, yeah, you can draft him in the first round. He's got the talent for it, but he's a project. He still might not be ready to start until next year or, you know, halfway through the season or something. Kyler Murray was like, okay, that's cool. First round pick, get that money. He went to the Oakland Athletics and he was like, yo, give me 15 million or I'm a quit. Or I'm a quit. Or I'm going to declare for the NFL draft. And right. they, they apparently had like meetings for like a couple days and they tried to get in at the end of the day. He declared. And I was like, hell yeah, because he's like, I think he's dope. He's, he, I think that he's going to be a very interesting case for the future of the position because his biggest knock is that he's tiny. He's like 5'10", right? He's 5'9 and three quarters. Okay. My head. That, interestingly, I think the, was it Oklahoma? I think Oklahoma released his official height mm-hmm. after he <clears throat> declared for the draft. Because like, he could have gone back to Oklahoma for one more year if he wanted to. Right. Which would have been nuts. Why would you ever do that? Get your money while you can. You, what if he got hurt? That'd be so horrible. Um, so, yeah, they released his official height. They were like, he's 5'9 and 3 quarters, which I think is shorter than Russell West- Wilson. It's definitely shorter, shorter than Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook yeah. Shorter than Russell Wilson, shorter than Drew Brees, mm-hmm. shorter than Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. who are all like 5'11, 6 foot. Um, and still considered pretty small for the position. Very small. Like mm-hmm. the prototype is like six three and up. Right. But that's changing because of the new movement of the offenses in the NFL and the need for mobility. Um, the th- the the thing that's going to be interesting is just through the process of evaluation and you know pick people are going to pick him apart and <coughs> what he's good at and bad at and his personality and leadership qualities all these things that they do through the draft process. I'm really interested to see where he ends up going. And I would not be surprised if a team traded up into the top 10 to pick him. 
because right now the draft projection, the first five teams, which is normally like teams in the bottom five need a quarterback. They all have like young quarterbacks or a quarterback already. So there's a prime market for trade-ups to happen. So I'm, I'm just really interested to see where Kyler Murray ends up, and I wouldn't be mad if he ended up being a Dolphin. Yeah, you think that's possible? Oh, yeah, we picked 13th. Mm-hmm. That's probably, like, realistically, the range he should go is, like, mid-teens, early 20s, mm. probably. But do you feel like people are going to reach? Always for a quarterback. Always. Right. Blaine Gabbert was a first-round pick. Right. That was stupid. Brandon Whedon was a 28-year-old first-round pick. Brandon Whedon. What? Mm-hmm. It's dumb. Yeah. Like, so, Will Greer will probably be a first-round pick, and he probably shouldn't be. Other dudes. There's a dude from Duke. The cool, the cool thing about Kyler Murray, like if he goes to the NFL and becomes a great quarterback at five nine and three quarters, it opens up the door for me you. to live out my quarterback there. dreams. For those of you who NFL. have never seen Chris throw a football, <laughs> me, as someone who enjoys the sport and enjoys the technique of the sport, am physically and personally offended when I watch him throw a football. It's real bad. Dude, when's the last time you've actually seen me fall? I feel like you have an idea of Dude, how I throw a football, and it's not actually You throw, throw like, Philip Rivers, but lower, and you're not good. Yeah, but that was, like, a while ago. Oh, you've gotten better? I'm six years older. You've gotten better? Yeah. You've, you've worked on your throwing motion? Yeah. Do you at least watch, get, I watch YouTube videos? Do you at least get a high release point? Of course. High elbow? Yeah. And you, uh, the, your index finger is the last uh, finger that should be <laughs> touching the ball. Was it before your pinky? Huh? The, is that what, <laughs> when you, you're like, my pinky's last and the ball flips open? What's the opposite of a spiral? Like, what is this called? When a duck? Flips, I don't know. That's even worse than a duck. Yeah. Over, end over, <laughs> end over end like that? Oh, my God. Yeah, um, maybe you've gotten better. I, you can't get worse. I, you, I could definitely get worse. Yeah, I could probably get worse. You could just throw with your left hand. Yeah. Which, who knows? Patrick Mahomes does it. Yeah. I could be better with my left hand. Yo, those games happen in like 12 hours. At, when this comes out, the championship games will be over and the Super Bowl matchup will be decided. I don't know who's going to win. I mean, if we're being honest, the Patriots will probably win and everyone can be stupid. <laughs> But I want uh, I I want it to be Saints versus Chiefs. That's what I want to watch. Yeah, That's I think it'd be super watch. fun. I think that'd be well. Rams Chiefs would also be. They had that shootout. True. They had that fifty three to that would 50 also be a game. really fun. So I think yeah. that the the narrative is really cool between if if it were the Saints and the Chiefs. Yeah. Because you kind of have like this old guard. Well, that's what's know, happening now with Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Right. The narrative being pushed is. Uh, the passing of the torch mm-hmm. and Tom Brady's like, y'all can go fuck yourselves. I'm not passing <laughs> anything. I'm not passing anything, but you're still going to get that. If it's, it's saints versus chiefs, you know, you have, yeah, it'll happen. Again. It'll just happen two, again. Yeah. I mean, you have the, will the MVP be announced by then? Mm, yeah. It's announced right before the Super Bowl. I think okay. February 2nd, I believe they're doing it. So Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP most likely. Yeah. Drew Brees will probably be second place. Which kind of sucks. I feel like, like I would like honestly, I would like if it's it's irresponsible. But I feel like if I had a vote, like if I was one of those NFL media members, I would vote for Drew Brees just to get him one. Right. Because it's like yo, Patrick Mahomes is going to win like twelve of them. So who cares? Right. He's so good. Yeah. He's so stupid good, dude. My brother tried to tell me he was overrated when I was home. 
Yeah. And I was like, I had a little verbal spat with him. I was like, you need to tighten up, dog. <laughs> like sometimes you like to take a stance just to be controversial, uh-huh. just to not go with the trend of what people are saying. No, like something that that ain't it, Chief. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy how good he is. Like, like we we get it. He might not be as good as Chris Stott at quarterback. Yeah, maybe but, not. Maybe not. But he's still pretty damn good. He definitely has a cooler voice than you, I, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also like so. I don't know. A lot about football, mm-hmm. but I'm not a complete idiot. Yeah, like yeah. I, I played it in high school. Yeah, I played it in middle school. You grew up playing it. Yeah. Um, like he is someone that I think, even if you weren't super interested in football, is fascinating. It's dazzling to watch, to watch him. It, he's super. So, fun and to here's watch. the crazy thing: is is yes, he does things that a layman may may watch and be baffled by. Right. He also does things that, if you know what you're watching, like. It goes beyond that. You're you, like you see him make these, you know, when he does the rolls right and throws across the field, and it's like, oh, that was crazy. But then you watch the play on the next play, where he throws sidearm low release and curves it around a linebacker, right. which you might not catch that if you're just watching, you know. Norm- but when you when you go about and you're like, how does he do these things? It's mm-hmm. crazy, the way that he's able to release the ball and just, it's nuts. It's completely nuts. And now people are like when this deck, uh, Trevor Lawrence kid comes out in three years that he's like the best prospect since, you know, ever Kelly Olenek in football. <laughs> and it's like, if he is that good, is he going to be better than Patrick Mahomes? Mm. Cause this is stupid already. He's yeah. in, this is the first season he's ever been a starter. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He started one game last year and it was because the chiefs had already clinched a playoff spot. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, 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 the cool thing about the field this year is that it is the four best teams, but I do think that the Rams are going to be hindered by Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is good. I don't think he's great. I think Sean McVay is great. Their coach. I think their running backs. Great. Todd Gurley. I think Aaron Donald is beyond great. He's like the best player in the league, but I don't, I, I think the Saints will win it's mostly because it's at home. They're like literally, I think Sean Payton and Drew Brees are seven or eight and no at home in the playoffs. It's like New England Patriots level home dominance. Where is the Super Bowl this year? Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that's right. Why isn't Childish Gambino doing the halftime show? Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Let's move on with some basketball, though. We got a lot Yo, of Gladys Knight is singing the national anthem, though. So that's pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk basketball. So, like, way back when, but right like right when we would have done the last episode by to leave, Tom Thibodeau got fired. Mm-hmm. We still haven't talked about that. Uh, yeah, Tibbs, coach, the coach of the, of the, the former, former coach, coach of, of the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves, got fired. Which former people, coach of the I feel like people, I feel like that movement has been going on for a year and a half. Basically, once somebody looked at their sheets, like halfway through last season, and they were like, Jimmy Butler plays like 39, 40 minutes a game. Taj Gibson plays like 38 minutes a game. Like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he just, for some reason, seems to be so set in stone against any form of modernization that it's just, it didn't seem like a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Especially because of the, the youth on the team. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's really cool that Ryan Saunders is coaching them now. So Ryan Saunders is the son of Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders, the longtime 
Timberwolves coach and Timberwolves legend. Mm -hmm. They he's like a beloved fig figure in Minnesota right. for right. the Timberwolves. And how old is Ryan Saunders? Young. He's like at least early thirties, I think. Oh, I thought he was like twelve years old. Yeah, <laughs> twelve years. I fight yourself. I thought it was like a rookie of the year situation. <laughs> Like a 14-year-old <laughs> made his way into uh, being an NBA coach because yep. he had some weird surgery yep. in his brain. Make me like Mike. Make me like, like Mike. a coach. Mm -hmm. Make me like a coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and Cat's been going nuts since he got fired. They have So the Timberwolves have been playing better since him, uh, Jimmy Butler has left. It was so heartwarming. Like the first mm -hmm. win they got, they beat like the Thunder or something. And they just went nuts for him, for mm -hmm. Ryan Saunders. Mm -hmm. It was like, how do they already love? Was he an assistant, or did I they were know. they just like, here you go? I don't know. What if he was like, uh, like a Flip Saunders bastard, and they found him at the oh on the outskirts God. of the city? Whoa! Really and they cool. gave him his name. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones style. What if he's style? the what if he's <laughs> the love child? Oh God, where are you going with this one? What if he's the love child of Flip Saunders and Prince? Like, <laughs> the dude, he's how beloved. Would they he could be? never let him go. He'd have to be their coach forever. Wow, I'd be disappointed that his name is Ryan. Coach, GM, to starting honest, point guard. Like, okay, but like realistically, if you were the love child of Flip Saunders and Prince, and your name was Ryan, mm -hmm. get out. Right. You need a cooler name, yeah, like Almanite. <laughs> Slow poke. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> oh god uh but yeah cat's been balling james harden has been stupid i saw a stat so this was bef maybe two games ago i was in chili's with kate and i saw a stat on the screen that said in the previous two games that james harden has gotten 115 points and none of those points were assisted yeah, he's the ISO How king. How fucking crazy is that? He's shit? the ISO master. That is so nuts. But it goes to. Uh, it, it, but they're also so depleted. Exactly. It's kind of why he has was, to do I was it. Just about to bring that up. So Chris Paul's hurt. Uh, Aaron Eric Gordon, Gordon was Eric hurt. Gordon. He came back tonight, or recently. He played tonight. Clint Capella's out now. Yeah. Yo, do you think Kenneth Fareed is gonna like be good with them? I think he might be good with them. I don't know. Just he's just gonna play the Capella role. He's just gonna be tiny Capella. Yeah. And what is the two things Kenneth Freed is good at? Uh, two things: rebounding, offensive rebounding, uh -huh. and catching lobs. Yeah. Guess what they need him for? Yeah. Those two things. Yeah. Did you see? Their he's not gonna be the defensive tonight? force that Capella is, but. Did you see their? He's starting better than Nene. Did you see the Did you see the Rockets starting lineup tonight? Tonight, let me guess it. James Harden. Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker at center, Austin Rivers, Daniel House. No. Oh, who's the last one? Uh, fuck. They Daniel had another. Green. They had three three shooting guards and Gerald Green. Uh, I forgot who the the second okay. small forward was. Uh, PJ Tucker and another small forward. I forgot who fuck who the fuck they had in there. But three shooting guards and three small forwards in their starting lineup. Nene, they had six players in their starting Nene, lineup? Huh? Six players in their starting lineup? I'm sorry. <laughs> three shooting guards, two small forwards. Did I say three? Yeah, you okay. said three and three. Three and two. Yo, starting PJ Tucker at center is so crazy. It's so nuts. They won tonight. Screw it. 
Zubats went like Zubats went nuts. Yeah, I think every one of their centers that played had double digits, except Chandler. But but he, he played, they also he played low minutes and they also he's not gonna almost lost to the. They were losing a majority of the game. Yeah, Lonzo had to get hurt. Yeah, Lonzo Fucking got hurt, and then they hit some stupid shots to Luke get to Walton overtime. Also got teched out of the game. Oh, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I turned it on with like It was three shortly minutes. after Lonzo got hurt, and I'm pretty sure that he was yelling at the reps for letting the play go on after Lonzo oh, hurt gotcha. his ankle. And they teed him up and threw him out? Yeah. Yo, that's tight. Yeah. That's that's gangster. Yeah. Um, Why didn't LeBron tweet about that, dude? LeBron, keep me keep me in. Um, yeah, but, hey, Lakers don't have LeBron. Uh, fucking Lakers lost their starting point guard and their coach in uh, – the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, whatever it was. Um, but th- I don't know if you saw, like, the rebounding stats. They were getting fucking torched rebounding-wise. It was like— The Rockets were out It was a bad then? decision, huh? The Rockets were out rebounding? No, then? the Lakers Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes complete sense. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. The P.J. Tucker— No, it's insane. It's is insane. a bad idea. But the reason—dude, <coughs> the only other center they have is Nene. I like start Nene. Start what are you Nene. doing? Start Nene. Start, start PJ Nene. Tucker at the four. Like you need to have a body out there to mm-hmm. fight other centers. Mm-hmm. Like s- small ball is or, great, but you're doing more than small or ball. Or even someone point. like Marquise Chris. You know, like or like, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony at center probably isn't. That was that was that's not that good. That's probably not that good. Free Melo. Free Melo. <laughs> Um, Don't free Melo. And they're looking to get rid of him, right, in order to free up the spot for Kenneth Farid. They're they're trying to see if they can. If not, there's like a ten day dude they're gonna cut. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what his name was. Anyways, <clears throat> Rockets are not in a good situation. As good as James Harden is playing right now, he he literally has to play that good in order for them. To it's nuts, game. dude. They had 15 free throws in overtime tonight. Mm. I hate watching them. Regardless, I hate being like that dude that just always is like, wow, yeah. because James Harden is so good. Yeah, I just hate watching them. And and we have been a little bit like a, we I'm not a lot of it, a lot mm. of it, uh, hating James Harden uh, for his play style. No, it's incredible what he's doing. But regardless of the play style and regardless of like how much we don't yeah. like actually watching but it's him like, play. What he's doing is fucking. It's incredible. crazy. He's taking he is like the greatest 30, o- right now. He's, he's taking the best like force. thirty-five shots mm-hmm. a game, like fifteen free throws every game. Yeah. It's insane what's going on. Yeah, and he has to do it. It's like when Russell won MVP and had to get a triple double every game. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like the team is so bad around him at this point that if he doesn't do this, they won't ever win. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what happened if he got hurt? <laughs> Stinky. Stinky. Do I don't know if anyone else remembers how to shoot. Because even on top of their injuries, the people that are, that they brought back that are supposed to be playing good, like Eric Gordon, hasn't been playing so that. Haven't been season. playing well. No, they've been shooting bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah. except like Gerald Green, whenever he's jumping sideways, hits it every time. He's like yeah. uh, he's like Bellinelli like that. Yeah. Fucking dead shot. <clears throat> what else has been going on in the NBA? Uh, so we are so this is January 18th something like that and 19th the trade deadlines on February 7th mm-hmm. uh, all star games soon what do you think are some trades that are going to happen what do you what do you say is the your your lock for a trade that's going to happen my lock Ugh. 
I don't know if I have. I think Vucci. Think, have I think Vucci might get traded. Yeah. I think. I don't think Bradley Beal will get traded. I hope he does. I feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. It's a bad situation. I would say if I did have a lock, it'd be Kevin Love. Maybe Kevin. Really. Love moves. Kevin Love moves. What if he isn't healthy before then? Hmm? They can still trade him while he's. They not can, healthy. but a team mm-hmm. might not want to do it because True. trading for a 31-year-old injury-prone yeah, power forward a, who can't play defense with a big contract with a big contract for the next four years mm-hmm. is a risk. Mm-hmm. I agree. But uh, out of all of the situations that I look at, and like even like Vucci on the Magic, there's mm-hmm. a chance that the Magic still make the playoffs, and there's a. a, a Stop blowing double-digit leads, Magic. We're talking, we lost again tonight. Stop not playing Vucci for any stretch of time. He needs to play. Hey, man, hey. He needs to play 48 minutes a game. Yeah. Chill out. It's Bob, true, though. We when, have a good backup. When he leaves the game, no, it's not about Mo Bamba not be, having potential. It's about the offense crumbling when Vucci's not on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this latest stretch of games, Aaron Gordon's actually stepping up a lot, though. That's good. Like in the Toronto and Celtics games mm. that we won, because we. How lost. did you beat Toronto and Boston? <laughs> That's so stupid. We, oh we beat God. Toronto and Boston, and we lost to the Nets. Uh, Yo, the, the Nets one. are legit, though. They're good. They're good. They've been on a tear. They're good. Are they Toronto? No, no, obviously <laughs> not. Uh, They're better. They have Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> My boy, Young Lando. Um, yeah, and we lost to the Bucks today. Even when we That's, didn't have Aaron Gordon, it was a competitive game. Okay, so, like, I wasn't even really that – I didn't feel that bad about it. Yeah. Bucks are the statistically right now best team in the league. Uh, yeah, record-wise, yeah. yeah. Um, but mostly because the West is just murdering each other. Mm-hmm. Well, not anymore. Now it's over. It's over. Voltron has been unleashed. Yeah, why is that? Because Boogie played. Boogie played 15 minutes and fouled out. Have you seen the... It was on Bleacher Report, uh, but it was like... Uh, and I couldn't find it anywhere else. I was trying to save it because it looked really cool. But it was uh, all of the... It was that starting five, the all-star starting five yeah. of the so Golden crazy. State Warriors uh, repurposed as Batman villains. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Steph was the Joker. Clay was the Riddler. No. Clay was uh, Mr. Freeze. That's right. Draymond was the Riddler. Draymond was the Riddler, which also Boogie was Bane. <laughs> yeah. And KD was Two Face, which is the best one. Yeah, that's the best makes, one. Makes sense. Unless it could be Copperhead, because snakes. But Two Face is better. It's also kind of a. That's a. I don't even know. Copperhead. Deep pool, baby. That's a deeper. Play pool. Arkham Origins, dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was cool. Cool art. Uh, not only like I feel like this isn't getting enough attention. Not only is their starting lineup all all stars from the last two years, they have another dude who's been an all star on their bench. Andre Vidal has been an all star before mm-hmm. and a Finals MVP. It's so yeah. stupid. I heard Zach Lowe say on his podcast, like, like okay, Iggy, uh, uh, Zach Lowe was talking to Bill Simmons on his podcast, yes, yeah. and uh, uh, as. He's playing fine now, but he's getting older. He's old. But the thing is, like, he—it's almost like he still has it in his bag. Yeah. You know, no, like, like the playoffs for, last year. When yeah, when the playoffs come, yeah, he's he's so he's, he's, he's still going to be Iggy. He he coasts the same way that LeBron does, and I think they're around the same age. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see, especially in the playoffs, if Steve Kerr closes games with Boogie or not, because they are at their most ferocious and dangerous when Draymond is playing center. 
and switching onto everything and guarding every dude on the court and facilitating. Boogie is great. Boogie's great at what he does, but he can't do that. Right. He can he can't do the defensive thing that Draymond can do. Right. And and he's also not as much of a leader as Draymond is in the court. No. Like Draymond is essential you can, to who you the can Warriors. hate Draymond all you want, but there's some magic fairy dust that he sprinkles on Steph Curry and get, he like he it's like he's the match that lights Steph Curry. It's so weird. Have you ever noticed that? Like Steph will just be like fooling around and being like, I'm Steph Curry. And then Draymond will be like, he'll get lit. And then it's Steph like that, will just go crazy. It's like, it's like that meme. Uh, like, the, you know, that meme where he's in uh, KD's ear and he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, it's so nuts. God, they're, I, I, they talked about this on, um, on PTI last week because Boogie said something about how they're the most hated team in sports. And the guys on PTI were like, no, they're not. That's stupid. They're at least like sixth or seventh. And he said, the, the, the example they said, they're like, go look at jersey sales. Number one, Steph Curry. Number, I think, four, Kevin Durant. Clay Thompson's in the top 10. Right. Draymond Green is in the top like 15. Right. Now, and then they were like, okay, the Patriots are more hated. The Yankees and the Red Sox are more hated. And mm-hmm. they just, they threw out a bunch of teams. And it was like, yeah, that's true. That's a weird discussion though. Because you can't be like, you can't gauge how much a team is hated. No, I do think that the Jersey sales is a, is a, not a completely, it's not a. The Kardashians it, are the most hated, hated family yeah. in the world. And they all together exactly. have a trillion Instagram followers. Do you it think they are? Like, do you, do you think that more people hate them or the Trump family? Cause like half the country hates the Trump family, but I, I feel like also the more country hates the Kardashians. And I feel like anyone not in America hates Donald Trump. Anyone not in America hates Donald Trump. I feel like people outside of America well, also hate Car- like the Kardashians. That's true too. Um, but anyways, they're up there. So like, I don't think that the Jersey sales is a good enough argument because yes, it's like a in, piece of an argument. Well, in, Eighth grade, the fucking love interest is wearing yeah. a Steph Curry jersey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, and it's that's the, other the thing. face you, of the, the NBA for youngins. Steph like, Curry. Is Steph Curry. And you know what hurts them being the most hated team in sports is Steph Curry mm-hmm. and Klay Thompson. They're too lovable to hate. Yeah. You can hate Draymond all you want. Draymond's nuts. But I would agree. I you would... can hate Kevin Durant all you want for being a traitor or whatever you want to say. Steph and Clay are too lovable. They are lovable as individuals, but I would say that the Warriors are also one. They are top three for me as the most hated teams in sports. Not I would say Patriots dude. is number one. I love them. The Patriots. I understand that you love them. I understand that you love. I love watching them. They're. I think it's awesome. They're super fun to watch. I don't think that they're, like they're. I agree with you. I agree with you. But I also think that people hate the Warriors because they're good. That's literally the reason they hate them. And people just get tired of seeing the same team win over and over. I guess. I think Alabama's more hated than them. Yeah. I think Alabama. I think the Patriots. I think the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. I think you could yeah. argue that the Lakers and the Celtics are more hated than them because of tradition. They're not even potentially the most hated team in their own league. <clears throat> just because of history. Because if you look back... The Warriors have been good for six years. Other than that, I think it's a hard question to gauge because, like, what community are you going to gauge it off of, right? 
Like, how are you going to evaluate it? Because RNBA would say that the, the most hated yeah, team... Yeah, they hate the Warriors. Like, well, but they hate everything. But they do those They hate surveys. the Rockets a lot, though. They do surveys on RNBA. That's true. And the most hated team was not the Warriors. Was it the Rockets? It was the Rockets. Not surprised. Right. That's um, because, to them, this is literal quotation, James Harden is Satan. Like, that's what the joke <laughs> is referring to him as Satan. Um, but it's also, the like, the Reddit is the circle jerk thing where they'll go from... Like, they hate the Rockets now. They'll hate the Thunder in two months because everyone will start hating Russell Westbrook for some reason. He's for some reason one of those guys. Or, like, Draymond will kick someone in the nuts and they'll start hating the Warriors again. You know what I mean? It's just, it'll ping pong around. Uh, but, but no one is hated when they're bad. No one hates the Suns except Suns fans. That's a good point. So it's like you well, kind you of have to wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah, like you can't. Yeah, you don't really hate the uh, the team as much as like specific individuals. Yeah, um, like the the owner for the Suns. Sar Sar Sarit? No, Sarver. Sarver, not Dario Saric. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, no, we love Dario Saric. Love it. Yeah, we love him. Oh, jeez. I'm trying to think of other NBA. Oh, I w- let's talk about the All Stars. Do you? Do you have thoughts on all-star lineups? So, I mean, I think that... Other than that, if it wasn't West East, it'd be mostly West players. <laughs> yeah. Um, even, so we've gotten back the second wave of... No, we've gotten back like four waves now. They do, oh, it, every, they do it every week. Okay, so it's every yeah. week. And um, and Dwayne Wade remains the second most vote-getter in the East. Which, and Luca I'm, remains the second highest vote-getter I'm okay with that. It's West. just like, it's it's the Boogie Cousins. You know, like... like, like yeah. It's, like, why is Goran Dragic getting any votes? Mm-hmm. I love Goran Dragic. Why is he on that list? Right. It's stupid. Um, He's not even the best all-star candidate on our team. Mm-hmm. And neither is Dwayne Wade, to be honest. Like, right. it's... It's Jay Rich or Justice, crazily, somehow. Right. Somehow it's Justice. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, th- <clears throat> dude, the fact, like, this is why fan voting is dumb. The West votes go in guards, go Steph Curry, Luca, James Harden. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Right. James Harden is easily a lock for those two, and Steph are those two spots. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? People Which are is why they shave off fan power by letting the coach <clears throat> or the media vote and the player vote. People are dumb. That's why glasses fucking well, people like quarters. people like chaos. It's like why when someone buys a boat and they ask the internet to name it, it becomes Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> it's just silly. It's like. People, when, when something doesn't personally affect their own life, they're like, I'll make it as insane as possible because it's funny. They don't think about how it affects that person. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, history. That's what bothers me the most about it is because, for example, when we look back on uh, so-and-so's careers, when we look back on like James Harden's career and we're like, he's a two-time MVP or something like that and never won a finals probably let's be honest and um you know until he was traded to, to the, the golden warriors. state warriors <laughs> uh no lie that happened in my 2k franchise yeah yeah clay is on the rockets and he's on the warriors and it's stupid cuz he's better than clay yeah anyway um yeah but you look back and then you go like oh he's a 13 time all-star well 
giving that to like Luca now, or more aggressively giving it to like a Goran Dragic or something, you're taking it, or Dwayne Wade. I love Dwayne Wade with all my heart. He's my dad. He shouldn't be in the All-Star game. Like, he'll, he, he might be in the running for like somewhere in the top 10 of the six-man race. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. Probably not, though. Maybe. He is our sixth man, technically. Mm-hmm. But, like, <clears throat> there's got to be other ways to honor that. You know what I mean? I get that it's Dwayne Wade's last season, and I, I want him to be there at the All-Star game. But you're taking away what is rightfully, depending on your opinion, Kemba, Ben Simmons, or Bradley Beal's accolade for their career. What mm-hmm. should be theirs. And a dude like Kemba, who I feel like has gotten snubbed multiple times in the past. Right. And it shouldn't keep happening. I think I would vote for Kemba. I don't think I'd vote for Ben. I am I feel like if John Wall got hurt sooner, I might vote for Bradley Beal. Because <laughs> he's been so good since John Wall got hurt. Yeah. But I think I'd vote for Kemba. For the, for the starter spot I'm talking about. I think all, all of them would make the team. Mm-hmm. Especially in the East. But, uh, yeah, it's just annoying. It's funny though, and it's like the crazy thing is like Luca could make the All Star team, just don't, he wouldn't be a starter, but his his numbers are good enough. If he was in the East, he'd, he'd make it for sure. In the West, there's a lot of good players. I don't know. I heard people uh, debating whether or not LeBron should be on the starting team in the West because of the amount of games he's missed. Uh. How many has he missed? I mean, he's he's. It's up to like twelve. I think it's like twelve. Twelve? Yeah. He's missed that many. Yeah. I don't think there's that many. Or will be twelve by the time he comes back or something like that. Okay. Uh. And but like by the time that the All Star game starts, about All Star weekend occurs like what fifty games into the season, something like that. Fucking kill him. Well, AD get him out of the league. Like He's not it's good like, should AD get a spot in the starting lineup because of how bad the Pelicans are in comparison to their expectations, right? AD's incredible, but the Pelicans aren't as good as they probably should be. Does that affect? That's where it gets super weird with me because you start because there's a difference in All Star voting and like end of season awards, right? All Star voting is very specifically an individual accolade. It is are you as a person, an all-star. Okay. That can change the way you think about it a little bit. MVP, there's a connotation to the team you play on in all of those awards at the end of the season. Have a, a connotation of the team. Like, like, you can be defensive player of the year, but the way your team plays around you is going to influence your ability to win that award. Right? Yeah. Like, the Jazz's system of funneling everything into Rudy Gobert helps him be an even better defender than he is already. He's an incredible defender that has helped to be even better by the system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like you have to think about all-star voting and like MVP and stuff like that a little differently. Do, like I think Anthony Davis should be a starter because he's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's a monster. And I think LeBron should basically like get a starting spot in perpetuity until he's a corpse. Mm-hmm. Even when he gets out of the league. Yeah, just keep giving him a starting spot. Why not? Yeah. 
he'll come out of retirement for one game every year, mm-hmm. the All-Star game. Yeah. Any other basketball shit? I don't think so. Moving on. Moving on. Huh? You got a shout-out? Yeah, I do. Do it. All right, so I'm not sure if I've uh, used this shout-out before. I don't think I have. All right. I had to think of it during the podcast because nice. I, don't, I don't actually do work. Um, Christopher Vogler's uh, The Writer's Journey. Christopher Yodeler? Vogler. Oh, okay. Christopher Vogler. Chris Vogler, uh, he wrote The Writer's Journey, which is basically... You have not done this. Huh? I have not. not used this. Okay. So he <clears throat> wrote this book called The Writer's Journey, which is basically a repurposing a retelling of Joseph Campbell's uh, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. And for those who don't know either of these individuals, Joseph you, Campbell is yeah. widely regarded as, as the godfather of story. He came out 50 years ago. It was a long time ago. He wrote a very old book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces where he outlined the monomythic structure um, or what most people call the hero's journey. Yeah. Which... Has Star Wars been used uh, and has been analyzed in uh, uh, a lot of mainstream uh, movies like Star Wars? The Matrix is probably mm-hmm. the the best example of it. Most direct, yes. Um, but basically, in this monomythic structure, Lord of the Rings, uh, you can identify. Yeah, you can make them fit. You yeah. can make pretty much anything fit. And, and I think that's the yeah. idea yeah. of what Joseph Campbell was getting across. Joseph Campbell, when he wrote A Hero with a Thousand Faces, he wasn't saying all stories are like this. Yeah. He was saying these are beats that you find in a, across a, a majority of oh, stories. Yeah. Uh, because he was a student of story, not mm-hmm. even necessarily movies. Yeah. Um, he was. He studied um, fairy tales. He studied uh, studied cross-cultural motifs and tropes and character archetypes um, and identified them in this book. And he devoted his life to mythos. Um, Now, what Chris Vogler did was he took that and made it fit to a more contemporary um, ideal, um, a more contemporary uh, and practical, pragmatic uh, way of thinking about story. This is the writer's journey. It. So this is the writer's journey. Uh, also, way fucking easier to read. <laughs> way fucking easier to read than A Hero with a Thousand Faces. I've read both. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten tons more out of the writer's journey than I have A Hero Is that the one with like the, the hedge maze on the cover? Yes. Okay. Um, incredibly good book. Uh, it was one of the first books that I read about dramatic theory. Um, you need to sell that dramatic theory. Uh, but it's, um, it just, it helps you understand the hero's journey more and it is the easiest way to digest it to, and it's a great, uh, welcome mat. You could say like a, a good, uh, book to lead you into Joseph Campbell and to understanding who Joseph Campbell was and and his life's work. Chris Vogler. Or Vogler or Fogler? 
V or F? V O G L E R. Vogler. Like Vogler. Vogel. Like but Vogel. Vogler. Like the King's Vogler. coach. Vog, Vog, yeah. Like Vogel. But not. With a lur. <laughs> Why'd that get you? Why was that funny to I you? I feel like because you said it, it's dirty. <laughs> like. A vog with a lure. I'm trying to. I'm trying to cut that back though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's hacky. You trying know? to be more clean. Yeah. I'm trying to just. I want to become Jeff Foxworthy. I'm gonna grow a mustache and just only tell clean jokes. <laughs> okay. Weird. Weird goal. Weird goal. You're on your way with the mustache though. Yeah. Look at that beard. It's That's it's, it's post baby so life. My dog. for audio listeners, my mustache is overflowing into my lip. Nope, that's and it's not so true. long it goes it's down to my nipples. Audio true. listeners, it's not true. He just has like a normal person's mustache and beard going on because it doesn't have to shave anymore for the navy. All right, dude, what's your shout out? I got a very personal shout out. Yeah. Uh, the reason I missed a week and we had to change our schedule up, you got a cool homecoming episode out of it though. Good for you guys. Um, is because my grandfather passed away this past week. So I had to fly back to Florida to be with my family, to go to the funeral and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm wearing his dope-ass sweater, a Steelers jersey, and his Steelers hat. It's just some stuff that I took with me. Um, so, yeah, my shout-out is just um, to remember my grandfather, uh, Poppy, as I called him. Uh, he's just one of the nicest, most genuine and funny and caring guys that I've ever known in my whole life and just really influential to my Growing up, uh, our my family was very close to my mom's side of the family and very specifically my mom's parents, my grandma and grandpa. So he was there for me my whole life. I lived with them for a period. Uh, my whole family did. And um, it was a very bittersweet week. Um, it was it was really great because the whole family was there and we were, you know, we were celebrating Poppy. So it was, it was really nice, um, all of like the services and the, the viewing and all that kind of stuff was, it was really beautiful and really nice. And uh, I was just really good to see all the family and to reconnect and to meet my, te- he's technically my second cousin, but I think that's dumb. Right. So he's going to, he's going to call me uncle because mm-hmm. of age thing. Uh, right. He is my cousin's son, uh, Thompson. So I got to meet him for the first time and he's seven months old. So that was cool. But yeah, my shout out is to just remember Poppy. So Poppy, I love you so much. Rest in peace. You will be missed and loved forever. And he was also in the Navy, right? Yeah. Fair winds and following seas, sir. Oh, look at that. Yeah. You know Navy things. So shout out, Poppy. And shout out, Vogler. <laughs> Chris Vogler. <laughs> it's dirty. Show him some it's respect. It's dirty. He's someone else's grandpa. <laughs> we out. We out. Stay weird. Hug your grandpa. <laughs>